I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. What's up, everybody? Soups the Podcast. I am Julio Gallerati. I'm joined by Francis Ellis. Wearing a lovely shirt, looking great. Good hairstyle. How you doing? I'm great. This this shirt's sort of a, a cross between a shirt and a poncho. <laughs> really? Shoncho. Oh, you know what's funny? The, with the little thing in the middle? Sure. Yeah, that's very good. I have a shirt like that. Do you? Yeah, I'll be, mm. I'll be wearing it on the next episode. What a coincidence. I always, I always put on a better shirt when the show's about to start than that's the good. one I was wearing in the morning. I've noticed. That's good. Because I don't want to just be the guy who dresses the same way I do for life as I do for the podcast. That's a very nice thing. Yeah. Very You've nice got a nice cool shirt on today. Thank you. It's a Rip little, and dip. It's a little weathered, but in a way that I feel like makes it look cool. Uh-huh. You know, sure. Wearing down a little. Good. A little vintage action. S- speaking of shirts, uh, not to hint or tease too much, but let's just say keep your eyes out for an exclusive Oops! The Podcast merch drop. Oh, yeah. First wave, baby. Coming soon. Coming soon. We got some cool stuff percolating. Yeah. Like so. a bong. <laughs> Hopefully you guys will uh will pick some of that stuff up. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Some we good got essentials. Some, some good stuff for you. Guys, speaking of good stuff for you and and looking good. You said I had a good haircut. I had this realization. I do this thing sometimes when my girlfriend and I are hanging out where I will just pull my hair down f- flat over my face. And it takes me from like whatever a seven to a three. Like, is it you're joking around? I'll show you. If I go like this, (laughs) instantly, instantly I look terrible, unrecognizably horrific. She can't handle it. It's not a three. You're not a three. When she sees me like this, it 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 hurts her on a kind of, uh, I don't even on on a physical level. She can't sit near me if she knows that I look like this. So she will brush it out of my face and then I'll sort of secretly look away and pull it back down because it makes me it makes me laugh to look really ugly. But um, I had the idea that for Halloween this year, we should pose a uh, or come up with a challenge of some kind. And I think we should just do the look bad challenge. What can you like? How can you mold yourself using the most natural kind of things? You can't go get like you know crazy makeup done or right. prosthetics. No or, wearing a mask. Yeah, no masks. Uh, none of that stuff. Just in your most basic you form. How can you instantly make yourself look as bad <laughs> as possible? That's pretty funny. Look bad, right? <laughs> so I look really bad right now. I look horrible. Um, the matting the hair down is a great yeah pulling my hair flat down over my head instead of having it over my forehead (laughs) I know how I look and I love looking horrible (laughs) so I think people should send us their uh, sort of before and after photos and we will do it ourselves maybe for our Halloween episode yeah and we'll all do it we'll all commit to it now you can you can wear bad clothing you know don't go like get stained stuff or whatever but really just uh, the sort of look of you that would be your least presentable you know rock bottom kind of look right 
any sort of clothing items that neutralize your best qualities. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Accentuate your worst qualities. Correct. Really look bad. And we will uh, choose some some winners and some, some ones to feature. Yeah, and maybe tag us. We'll repost it too. Among ourselves, maybe we'll get a, uh, a, 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 a prize bag of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Something like that. That's fine. That's a good prize for anybody. That is you a know? good prize. That's, that's good. my idea. The look bad challenge. That's hilarious. Coming at Halloween. Well, dude, we have up good updates about our other challenges. So you guys have been sending us your screen times. Some very impressive stuff. We had somebody send us something in under two hours. Wow. That's pretty damn good. Sub um, two is really impressive. Sub two is crazy. Yeah. Sub two, I'm worried that you're like ignoring your life responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. But that's good. I mean, fantastic. Um, hope everybody's doing good with uh, getting in shape, staying in shape. We've been doing it now for a few weeks. And I feel like this is the pivotal time where a lot of people kind of decide that they don't have what it takes and they're not going to try anymore. And then in two months they'll try again and fail again, but it's all right. If you didn't crush it this week, you'll crush it the next week, but you mm -hmm. got to keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah. Keep pushing. We're coming into cuffing season. That's true too. But I honestly feel that once quarantine cuffing. began, cuffing season <laughs> became a year round event. That's very true. Why do they call it cuffing? Because you are cuffed to is a partner. Handcuffed to it a partner. It has nothing to do with cuffing your pants. I don't think so. <laughs> As in, oh, I have a girlfriend now and she'd prefer to see my ankle bones. So I'm going to cuff my pants. That's very Isn't funny. that it? Cuffing season. No, I, and actually, quite frankly, it doesn't even make sense because if when it gets colder, cuffing is a less... Sure is. Which you, which is why it's been confusing the shit out of you. When are, when are men going to stop <laughs> rolling up their pants even higher and higher? It's Good gotten question. higher and higher. You know yeah, what I mean? It's turning into like capris. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't because like I don't do it. And then I get self-conscious that my pants are cuffed too low. <laughs> my pants cuffed right to the... Right, I don't want like there to a be dork. a... Yeah. I don't want there to be a big break in my pant. You know? <laughs> you, you got some cool new shoes on. Thank you, man. Where'd yeah. you get those? These, those are, are these are Adidas. Um, hold them up for the cam. Mm -hmm. They're, I, uh, my, my GF got them for me for my birthday, I believe. Wait. Which, what? which was a while ago, but I just, you know, no. dude, I don't like utilize my entire collection of stuff. No, like I've never does. worn these. I don't think that I want to know why this is really stupid. And my girlfriend actually told me she does this too, which makes me feel much better because I feel like she's on top of her life. Mm -hmm. But I am less likely to wear a shoe that I have to tie and untie every time I wear it. Mm. And this being a high top, you have to tie and untie it. I just slide into it. I ruin the back of the shoes and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yep. You can't take eight seconds to tie your shoes. I hear you, buddy. I hear you on that. You're wearing very comfortable looking slippers. I, I just, uh, yes. In the house during the day, it takes some work, but I do like to try to wear clothing that it would be suitable for a workplace. 100%. With the exception of my footwear. It's great. I'm going to go comfortable slipper type situation all, all day, every day here. No, dude, I want to talk about this a little bit. I feel you on that because it's really hard to trick your brain in my in my opinion when i'm at home anywhere in the home it's hard to trick my brain into being like it's work time and i feel and i don't know if do you do it because when you dress for work it makes you feel better somehow like it makes you feel like you're being a productive member of society is it a thing where like your brain turns on now that it's work time like what is it what is the process like for you as far as that goes so when i was in college there was a kid i knew on the football team who, when we were seniors, everybody was doing interviews for jobs. Mm -hmm. And he had uh, a couple phone interviews. 
And he told me that even for his phone interviews, he would put on a suit. Wow. And that somehow getting into the outfit for that level of professionalism clicked his brain into that way of thinking as well. And I, maybe that's a little extreme, but you know, it, you got to do your routine, whatever you need to do to get into a mindset of now it's a work day. It also lets you appreciate wearing comfortable baggy clothing on a Sunday more. Totally. So for me, yeah, I like to be clean. I like to have my teeth brushed, my slightly uncomfortable pants to remind me that it's a work day and, <laughs> um, you know, a, and a, a shirt or whatever, decent stuff. I hear you. And uh, that's, that's, that's what separates it for me. I, I have a question for you. Sure. This is a total left turn. Okay. Can I make one more comment before Please, we make yeah. the left turn? I have been noticing in regard to this, I want to try to start applying a little more, a few more tricks into my work day. Because now that it's like the fall again and like Julio driving around the country, his time is over mm -hmm. for, for the time being. I need to like buckle down and do stuff. Mm -hmm. And the last couple of weeks I've had trouble and I've been trying to figure out tricks to like get myself into the mode because usually I like to go work out of the house. I go to like yeah. a workspace, work, coffee shop. Well, I, go, I usually go to the gym, like at the gym that I go to, there's like a whole work area. Huh. Yeah. I know. Sweet. What? I know. But I mean. What it, kind of a gym is Equinox. That? Oh, so they mm, they have like the, the smoothie bar kind of extension. Yes, but like tons of places to work. It's great, yes. and there's a lot of people posting up. I see the same people every day, so that's great. Um, but I've been working from home. It's been hard for me, and the stuff that I was using before this Purians powder that one of you guys recommended. It's great, but it's really hard to mix into whatever I'm drinking, and it's it like stains the glass, and it's so frustrating that I I don't want to use it anymore. So if anybody has any other good like natural focus trick stuff supplements whatever i would love to try something new because i still have i'm trying to stay away from like medicine wait so it stains the glass so okay you mix it in and it cut smoothie thing sure or like hot water or coffee and it just sticks to the spoon immediately and then it just starts clumping up the way that like a protein shake would if you didn't have the ball in the mm -hmm. shaker, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so you're getting these little clumps. Why don't you put the ball in your prurians thing? Because I, you can't, like, how would I do that even? If I put the ball in the, if, do you, if, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's like a little, like, metal ball that Looks goes like in a protein a shaker. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly. Yes, it exactly does. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't work because I couldn't shake it. Like, if you just put it in the cup and, like, stirred it, it wouldn't do anything. Yeah. So you're putting your powder into a cup. Into yeah, and like a glass, you know, just for like my tea experience, and it's just like so hard to clean that like I'd really like to find a new method or something. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's help Julio drink from a cleaner glass. No, but do you feel me on that? Like, if it's gonna be part of my daily ritual, I'd love for it not <laughs> yeah. to be a massive inconvenience. Sure. I'd love sure. to just like take a maybe if there's like a fizz powder or a yeah. pill or like. Dude, let me tell you something. <laughs> if I've learned anything, it's that the cleaning up never stops i know i know cleaning up never stops it sucks it is endless totally you clean up and you feel good and you say oh that's done 10 minutes later it's it's beginning again absolutely you're right back at the start because you took your outfit off and didn't hang up your shirt and now the pillows are in the wrong place and the blanket is unfolded on the couch and 
a couple plates are out and you know you, you don't even think you're doing much damage but <laughs> all of a sudden the house is not in a presentable state to be sold <laughs> do you know what i mean dude if, yes, if, yes if if having your apartment in a position <laughs> where you could show it to a potential home buyer is its most presentable state then I'm telling you, it takes one second for it to be as far away from that as possible. Totally, dude. Totally. It drives me fucking crazy, man. I know. And dude, two things about that. First of all, my grandmother was very much like that. My grandmother who lived in Italy, um, she passed away. Whatever. Great lady. Um, But she got to this point eventually over time where she was like so obsessed with keeping things clean that like if anyone used like they didn't use most of the house because of it and that's a place you don't want to be in no like my dad would like take a shower and she would like yell at him so then we got to a point like one summer where we would like take showers only at the tennis facility oh man and not at home just because we didn't want to like we wanted to keep the house clean so like i think that that is maybe going a little overboard bless my grandmother's heart um but i think that the acceptance of that is a big step Mm -hmm. you're never going to be done cleaning and that's okay yeah and i think you can apply that same principle to life I don't know how we're we're taking a little like broad turn here, but you can apply that principle to life because with change, it's the same thing. People are so scared of change. They're like, I'm here now. This is it. I'm, I know what's going to happen. I like people want to like, just if you let go of the control and you accept that change is a constant thing, you'll actually enjoy yourself much more. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think that's true. I think that's true. I'm thinking that made me think of big life changes. It made me think of when you, let's say that you're living at a level of cleanliness and tidiness for a long time and you become accustomed to that being your baseline, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you have children. Mm. Children are the ultimate untidying effect. Totally. Especially a, a, a six-year-old and between six and about 15 maybe. Six There's and just 18. like shit everywhere. It's, it's a torpedo. You're tripping over fucking plastic trains and it's like a cyclone within your house <laughs> and you can't instill upon them why it matters to and i was this way as well i never understood why we needed to constantly you know rake the the yard if the next day the tree had shaken its leaves again and it was all going to be reset at totally. shitty levels totally dude totally oh man i don't know I don't know. Houses are meant to be lived in. Sneakers are meant to be worn. Don't be afraid of a little bit of a mess, but I do find it exhausting. It's just exhausting to constantly be putting things back away. Dude, I know. I know. It's really, it's, it makes me think about kids and like how, although I'm excited to have them someday, I'm just really not ready. We have a cleaning lady come once every two weeks. She's (laughs) spectacular. She is meticulous and searches out corners of picture frames to dust it's hard to find some she of that finds good. everything she is incredible the day she comes the apartment is sparkling and spotless Amazing. and without a doubt by that evening it's as if she had never seen her <laughs> it breaks my heart what's the point of spending that money i know she's expensive i know why am I spending the money? Because we, it just all goes back to zero. And then there's this feeling of once she comes, we don't want to cook that night because we don't want to fuck up the nice kitchen that she's made. Yeah, I know. 
You know, I feel that way about laundry too. How the fuck is our life? Like we wear clothes and then we have to wash them after we wear them. Who the fuck thought of that? We can't think of something. We, we can't think of something better than that. Than yeah. like having to fucking wear, like I'm going to wash this shirt today. I wore it and I'm, I'm going to have to wash it. And that never ends either. Let me ask you this. Sometimes I'll wear a shirt for the day. Mm-hmm. But once I take it off at night, I think back on the sort of day that I had. And I say, well, I didn't do much in this shirt. <laughs> yes, the answer so is yes. So it's not sweaty and it's therefore clean. Yes. And I'll put it back in my drawer. But then, the, as the week progresses, every time in the morning when I open up the drawer and I look at that shirt, I think, well, that shirt has been worn. <laughs> and totally. I then think, I need a new day. I'm superstitious. I don't want to start this new day wearing a garment that has not been given a fresh start, a, a 100%. look, a new look, right? So I won't take that shirt out of my drawer and it just sits there until a week later I've decided, oh, that's been festering in the drawer, <laughs> that dirty thing with the flies buzzing, and I finally take it out and then I put it in the hamper. <laughs> I have also done that, but it is funny what you're saying, like, you give that shirt the start, and after that shirt gets the start, even though it goes back on the team, it gets sent down to the D-League. Yes. <laughs> and, dude, from the D-League, the only way you can wear it, like, I'll typically only pull that shirt out at, like, 6 p.m. on a Sunday and wear it for the remainder of the day and then throw it in the laundry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it becomes an indoor shirt. Becomes an indoor shirt. It's weird, though, because there's something about wearing <laughs> a shirt that's not clean and new where you just think whatever bad karma I collected the last time I wore this lives on in this shirt and will infect everything that happens to me today. <laughs> That's crazy. I've it's never a had bad, that it's a bad charm. That's it's a, very funny. It's got bad juju. Dude. But listen to this too. Like I'm sure you have experienced this as well. Like I'll have all these fucking clothes that I never wear, like stuff that I'll wear for a specific occasion. By the time that occasion comes around that shirt, even though I haven't worn it smells like it's been in storage. Just because you haven't worn it in a because long time. Because it's been sitting there for a yeah, year. It yeah. smells like the drawer. Yeah. Now, I've heard that this works. I've never done it. But I've heard that if you have a, an item like that, you can throw it in the dryer with a dryer sheet for five minutes and it'll smell fresh. Mm, interesting. And there's so many of those things in my life. And I don't know why I don't think to just Google it. I'll have this stupid problem. Mm-hmm. And for two years, I don't think... Like, how do you... Maybe there's a solution to this. Maybe there's, <laughs> yes. there's, there's information yes. readily available <laughs> from the world's most powerful powerful search engine for me to, <laughs> to solve this. Um, Dude, I want to ask you about something. Yes, this please. is kind of a, a heavy topic. Please, please. So, Chrissy Teigen. Mm. I don't know if you saw what she posted last week. I did. But she, obviously, one of the biggest, let's call her personalities in influencers in the world you know wonderful marriage to john legend great guy everyone loves this couple they were pregnant i think with their third child and she was she miscarried right yes and then she posted a black and white photo of her sobbing on a hospital bed and with a long caption and it was the most devastating Instagram post that I've probably ever seen. And my question to you is, is there such a thing as, 
too much visibility or transparency mm-hmm. in your life if you are a you know a, a celebrity uh, an influencer forward-facing person right mm-hmm. and and don't get me wrong i understand that you know her goal was probably to bring attention to something that happens to a lot of people it's a tragic event but to kind of let other people know that you know she's with them and try to say like this happens we're going to get through it and and that's mm-hmm. that's not you know it's admirable and it's gallant and it's uh strong of her yeah. and 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 wonderful in so many ways but at the same time if you were in that situation mm-hmm. and you were a celebrity couple is there some line where you say you know what this is too deeply personal mm-hmm. i just don't know that we should be right and i don't know i'm not saying that again i admire the fact that she's doing this to try to like help other people and say people go through this this is my experience you know and try to try to help them mm-hmm. but I-, I saw that and i was like oh my god i did the same yeah i was like pretty taken back by it i, was like, oh, whoa. I couldn't believe that that she would have the strength to share it. I don't. Right. So I think that one of the reasons why they're so good at what, or she's so good at what she does is that like, it's harder than it seems to like be yourself Mm -hmm. talking into your phone. And like to get to that level is like pretty impressive. Like from, you know what I mean? Just like being able to like connect with a big group of people like that. And I think that like part of, why she's so effective maybe is because of things like this. The fact that she can like share something like that. And I'm sure, I know it was like kind of controversial. Was it? I, I think, I mean, I looked at the comments on the Twitter mm-hmm. on her, on the Twitter, on her Twitter post. And like, there was all these comments like, Oh, like, like, you know, pro-life people saying like insensitive shit or like whatever. That's weird. I know. I know. Which is why, you know, one might shy away from posting that because you don't want to get like, shamed for no, later right. you know what i mean but i get what you're what you're asking like what what's too much and i guess like it's up to you like i would i would love to be in a at a point in my career where like i was such an incredible influencer that like i needed to post every single thing about my life you would you'd want to be there maybe i do, oh, i have man. no i have no idea i just know that that would Im- equate it's like, it's massive like, success it's a self-imposed truman show that is true You've created a complete prism into your own life and nothing is off limits. Right. I mean, dude, I struggle so much with posting shit as it is. Like, I don't know about you. I wrote this down the other night. I was a little high and I was, I was writing this down and this is what I I wrote down. I was going to see what you guys say, because this is clearly me overthinking it, but I'd love to be at a point where I'm not overthinking it and I can just freely post and it works somehow. But I'm like, is it lame if I post cool art I see on Instagram? And then I'm just like, is this my problem? I censor myself for no reason based on my judgments of others. Am I right to feel like that? Or is that just me falling for that trap? You know what I mean? Is that like completely overthinking it? I'm like, if I put our post art on Instagram, I'm like a loser. I didn't make the art. Why am I posting it? It's not mine. Like I see other people post it and I must, you know what I mean? Like, do you get into that cycle? And then I end up posting nothing and I don't post enough because of it. Well, I think let's step away from it being art. You know, because I think you're asking a broader question here, which is, should we be 
so worried about how people will react to whatever it is we post that we end up not doing anything. Exactly. And I, and I, for me, I admire a Chrissy Teigen who, and I'm, maybe she has that thought process too, but it seems to me like she's posted everything and that I wish that I just didn't give a fuck and I could just constantly post. And there's probably freedom that comes with that mm -hmm. because she has laid herself so bare for her audience that, you know, nothing, she's never, it's almost as if she's never going to have second doubts. Right. Second thoughts, thoughts to post anything. But that's where I would say I I don't think that that's necessarily good. I mean, mm -hmm. that there should be some things that are sacred to you. And look, this is this is me talking. I'm not foisting this upon Chrissy Teigen. And and I again, I champion her for doing this and feeling like this was something she should show the world. But for me personally, I would not want to get to the point where if my wife and I miscarried a baby that I would think my fans need to see this mm -hmm. in its, in its unfiltered sort of tragic truth in its rawest that picture. It looked like it was taken seconds after one of the most horrific ordeals of her entire life. She's weeping. She's on a hospital bed wearing a, a hospital robe. You know, <sighs> yeah. Who's taking that picture? Yeah. Like, how does that opportunity come up? And I don't mean to sound crass, but it's like, well, how many of those pictures were taken? Did she have to select one that she thought conveyed the most emotion? Right, right, right. right. You, you know, you get into this like demonstration or this this present presentation of grief. Right. Uh, that is it, for me. It's hard for me to get my brain around it. Like for mm. for example. If I were in that situation and I felt like this might, you know, showing the world that we had gone through this and that that hopefully I could reach some people by by connecting with them with what I had happened to us. Maybe I would post a a photo of my family and say in the caption, you know, like we 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 lost a child or whatever. Mm hmm. Uh, but I'm so grateful for this and, you know, people go through this and whatnot. I just think that like this, um, kind of voyeuristic truth, uh, mm -hmm. of, of just in your rawest moments, at, while it's, it's, it's at, at both times, it's the most powerful thing you can do, but you know, you also don't really leave yourself the option to hold anything back at that point because if you're right. willing to post that then you have basically said we are we're gonna go for broke on everything mm -hmm. there's nothing that you know nothing off limits but you make a good point you have to address it because otherwise people would be like what happened to that kid yeah you know what I mean? yeah. like you have to say something unfortunately does she feel cornered Did, is there right. any part of her that felt like she had to do that given that up to that point in her life, she's been a complete open book. Right, 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 right. And that would that would be my heart would break for her if that's the case. Again, I'm not saying that she is somehow like commercializing her grief. Right. No. I just I'm struggling with that, with with that whole thing. With the picture, specifically, it sounds like. A little bit. Because right, like you even said, like it has to be addressed, because we all knew she was pregnant. Right? Did we Correct. know that? We knew yeah, that. we did. So, she had said right. 
Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. People, and you know, people like her, man, don't forget, like, and I'm sure you didn't forget this, but like the, an important aspect to this is like, people love her life. Oh yeah. Like that makes their lives happier being a part of her life. So like, there's something nice about that too. Yeah. Um, and Kim, I don't know. I'll, Kim Kardashian, you know, she had, she and Kanye did the in vitro thing. And I know that that is something that's maybe, I don't, I don't want to say stigmatized, but I know that that meant a lot to a lot of people that they mm. were having, you know, doing in, in vitro fertilization. And, uh, I think that these influencers can provide hope and strength and for people who look up to them and say like, well, if they're doing that, then there's no reason right. that this is not normal or not something I should be thrilled about. Um, I just wonder, like, I, you know, like you look at Giselle and Tom Brady mm -hmm. and how private their lives are. Mm hmm. And I guess you, you, that's, there's two sides balance. of that coin. You know, there's like that you fight for either the privacy, which can be an uphill battle or you are a total open book. And I don't know. I, I think I would veer more towards the private side of it, mm -hmm. yeah. despite how transparent we are on this podcast. Totally. And dude, this is, I mean, you know, that's the thing too. It's hard for me to, to really have an idea about it because it's so early in my career still like I'm at the point where when people say hi to me on the street or like people want to take a picture like that, I'm psyched mm -hmm. like, that makes my day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it doesn't happen all the time, but I'm sure that the more it starts happening, if I were to ever get to a point where like there's people waiting outside my house, I'm sure I would hate that. You know what I yeah. mean? So like I, as far on the, in the big picture, like you're saying, like I'm sure that if I was this massive celebrity and if you think about it, there's only like a couple dozen people that I can think of we're like entertainment celebrities who have trouble, who would have trouble like walking around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're maybe naming a couple of them, but like, I don't, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to get there if they really think about it. Right. To the point where you can't even live your life at all. That sounds. Yeah. Difficult. Yeah. But let me ask you this about uh, in, like, as far as this is concerned and tell me if you agree with this, I've seen friends of mine who, you know, I was hanging out, they've been comedy, whatever. And years go by. And one day something clicked in their brain where they're like, I no longer give a fuck and I'm just going to post all the time, whatever the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. And even though a lot of the time you're kind of like, what the fuck's this person doing? It almost always positively impacts their careers. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Kind of like, do you like, well, and like maybe, you know, you people start talking shit about them or whatever, but like, it appears to me like their careers are improving significantly because of the fact that they were like, fuck it. Sure. I think that's, there's truth to that. I definitely think there's a, there's a thing I have come upon, which is when I'm going to put together some Instagram stories of just me talking into the phone. The second that I end the first effort and say, well, that wasn't the take I wanted. And I start doing it again. Immediately it loses like 30% of its organic right believability it's right. credibility and and you start getting into oh now this is a bit this is a re rehearsed bit and the final product if i had just continued and gone with the first thing it i think there is there are people who can tell if what you're saying is coming to you in that moment and it's spontaneous and right. real exactly it's an art like, form <laughs> this is kind of too polished to be believable well i think you're great you're great at it the, thank you. I'm serious. And I think it's an important thing to do and it's hard. And I think you're really good at it. I've started to get into this thing of, um, 
you know, I did that story arc about the the dinner reservation. Yeah, that was great. I did that one, and then I did the parking the car on the street for the uh, alternate side parking when the street cleaner came in. And that one was completely organic. Everything I posted from that was just instant in this in the moment. You're the weekday warrior, man. And people people <laughs> liked it. It's great. People were thought this is they remember everyone said it was exhilarating, which <laughs> made me think you need more excitement in your life. You got to go <laughs> skiing or find something. But you know, I I don't know, man. Like that that was a moment where I said I just didn't care. You know. It's yeah. like the stakes are low. Yeah. If you want to watch me do this, great. If you don't, no problem. Right. But right. somehow right. people seem to like it. So, you know. Stakes don't have to be high. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not everything has to be perfect. We're never going to get it perfect. Save your perfect stuff for your post. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Really quickly, please. the election. Ooh. Just really quick. Yes. You know, everyone is saying, go vote. And that's great. But nobody is saying why you need to vote. Nobody gets into the reason why. You know, you have so many influencers or personalities just being, go vote, 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 vote. Make sure you register to vote. Vote, vote, vote. Mm-hmm. From P. Diddy to Taylor Swift mm-hmm. to Biden and Trump to, to everybody saying go vote. Every influencer, you know, podcaster saying go vote. I want to say why you need to vote. <laughs> okay? Because th- this, nobody talks about this. America, and I apologize if this comes off sanctimonious, but... We are a country who, for a long time, we have exported a doctrine of democracy, right? We, we, we sing from the high hills about how our system is best. When we go to foreign countries, uh, Vietnam, from Vietnam to Afghanistan to Iraq. Uh, right. Yeah, sometimes we, in a way that doesn't even make sense. Wait, we, we say, seen, like, yeah. we, we think you guys should have what we're having, which is democracy. We want to instill a new system, a new regime. And yet we are a country where less than 60% often of the eligible voters take part in the democratic process. And if you are, if 40% of the people who could have a say in who gets elected are sitting out, whether from apathy or confusion, could you really call that a republic? Dude, I think you just answered the question. (laughs) I know. I think you just answered your question. But I'm I'm saying... (laughs) From, from a level of hypocrisy, to avoid hypocrisy, you should take part in this process. I won't say it's your civic duty. I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying you should because it's a good thing that you have this. There are a lot of countries where certain people don't have the right to vote. If you're a woman in this country 
Woman, women fought for so many years to gain universal suffrage, right? And that was one of our most celebrated milestones was when women gained the right to vote. And if you're a woman and you decide not to vote in this election, you're basically shitting on that effort. And this, Susan B. Anthony yeah, rolling around I mean, in her grave. Like, you should, t- you should want to know you contributed. And even if you say, well, my state is firmly blue or firmly red, and so what difference is it going to make? And you, you, you view the Electoral College as, as a zero-sum game. It's not about that. It's about knowing you counted. And you went and you did the thing that separates us from a tyrannical country or a despotic country or a place where there's, you know, you're talking real voting fraud, where Putin wins 98% of the election, you know, truly fraudulent elections, which allowed the governments of those countries to do whatever they want. Um, it matters. It really matters on that level. So go out and vote because you can and because we're lucky to live enough to live in a country where it actually matters. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That's and all sorry, I've got to say about that. I didn't realize that you were answering the question. <laughs> I don't know if but you I did, was. No, you did. A very, I thought you answered it very nicely. Definitely. Go vote 100%. Go vote. What we're, he said. Le- less than a month. We're less than a fucking month. And listen, I'm not saying vote for one candidate or the other. I would never say that. And I also think asking people who they're going to vote for is not a good question. I think that's there's a reason that we have curtains up on the voting booths. There is privacy to it. It's your vote. Do whatever you want. Absolutely. But vote. Yeah. 100%. Vote in the election. 100%. That's how I feel about well said. that. Well said, dude. Well said. Um, so I got a question for you. Yes. Um, you, I'm assuming you play fantasy football. I don't know why I, I assume don't. that. You don't? Okay. Never so have. Apologize. That's I, okay. <laughs> I don't either. Um, I don't get it and I don't care. And I don't care enough to understand it. So therefore I won't do it. Totally. Understood. Fair. Fine. Um, I have played fantasy sports over the years and I find that I get way more into the sport when I do. Um, when I was younger, fantasy baseball, I loved baseball as a kid. Mm-hmm. Now, fantasy basketball, I'll do some years, whatever, but I'm not always doing. However, I've been hearing lately, and I'm sure this is a thing that's been around for a while, but I'm hearing that in these fantasy football leagues, they have some kind of punishment for the person who comes in last. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've heard some random ones that are like kind of funny, like this one kid, Jason, I know, he's like, yeah, the person who loses just has to go to Cleveland or something like sure. that. Sure. Like on an inconvenient day, they have to leave and go to Cleveland to spend the day there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's suggesting that Cleveland isn't a good place to go. I don't, I'm not saying that's the case. But I, th- I found it funny that people get pretty creative with that. And I just picture this scenario where like the loser of the fantasy football group has to like blow the winner or something. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like, and I would love to hear from you guys some of the best punishments for coming in last place in your fantasy football league. Yeah. I imagine there must be some crazy ones. And I wasn't I've sure if some, you'd heard I've one. heard some great ones before. Like what kind of stuff? Well, I'd have to look back. I've definitely talked about this before. I've, I've, I've had some amazing ones. You know, people are very creative when it comes it's to this. It's so funny, dude. Like, but there are also punishments where if, if the punishment were so something that I didn't want to do, it would prevent me from 
participating in the group. <laughs> right, right. Like right, if right. it's a tattoo, you know, I don't, I don't really want a tattoo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if you're just thinking, well, there's a 12 out of 13 chance that I don't have to do this because there are 13 people in the group and I believe in my ability, you know, it's sort of, let's, let, let's switch over to credit card roulette. Mm -hmm. at a restaurant have you ever played that yeah it's great it's exhilarating is it yeah see then you're just a gambling man dude i'm not really though like the the credit card roulette is fine because the stakes aren't that high they can be they can it can be you're you right. get if you're at a group dinner that gets up over a thousand dollars fine i would right. rather and i hate to sound like a fucking normal steve over here but i want i'm the guy who says let me pay my share of the dinner and i'll watch this unfold comfortably knowing that i only had to pay 90 bucks fair fine a thousand is too rich for my blood if we're in the 400 range like i'm willing to take that chance so you would you would do, but the reason i say this is because i've been the guy i've eaten the dinner ooh, before ooh, i've had to eat the credit card roulette dinner that's rough i think i've played credit card roulette twice the first time i withdrew and paid my share of the dinner which mm. is a total pussy move i accept that the second time, I was like, you know what? I'm no bitch. I want to live dangerously. And I lost. <laughs> and as the waiter was drawing the credit cards out and people were celebrating and saying, thank God I'm safe, I knew in my heart that foreboding sense of dread of, wow, uh, now there are, now there's a, you start doing the math. You're like, there's a 10% chance it's me. Now there's a 20%. Now there's a 33%. Now there's a 50% chance. You know it's going to be you. Totally. And you know what, dude, I think, I think actually, now that I think about it, the way to do that the most effectively is to have the waiter pick a number one through five, because if somebody has like a metal card, it's like more likely to get pulled. You think? Maybe. Like, is that not true? Like, it's like a thicker, if it's a thicker card or something, does that make him more likely to pull that one out? Mm. I don't know. But dude, I'll tell you what, I won't play that if there's someone at the table who I know it's going to hurt them to lose. Really? Yeah, because well, that's like very I have, I have of you. well, I just have friends who I know like don't want to be the odd man out, but if they, they were to lose, it would be like a huge bummer for them. And then then they me. should be then they should be doing. You should give them the option up front to just pay their share of the dinner. I do, but I know that they're just the type of people who aren't going to stand up and be like, "This is too rich for my blood. I don't want to," and I want to be the guy who sticks up for them. Hmm. Interesting. So you're saying that the peer pressure of that game forces them not to speak up. Correct. Not them wanting to get a free dinner. They're like, yes. They're like, well, you know, I probably won't lose. Like, I'll probably win. And like, I don't want to be rooting against some of the candidates because I don't want to lose. You know of what course. I mean? But if they have that thought to me, if they say, ah, the odds that I lose are very slim. Let's roll the dice. If they have that thought at all, it makes them culpable in their own loss. Agreed, agreed. But I still, these are my friends. I care about them. Like I don't want to be like it's your. Well, well you had the chance not to not do it. Okay. You know what I mean? I like I. You're, you're right. What you're saying is correct. But then, like they lose, and then I feel bad, and then I didn't enjoy that mm -hmm. like I should have. Whereas I would love it to. I would love to be like ha 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 ha. Right. <laughs> I can't do right. that to a person who I know has like. A shit ton of credit card debt or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like a dick move. I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> but um, having said that, I want to hear about the craziest 
last place in the fantasy football league yes. consequence. Yes. Because I imagine that could be crazy. Yeah, we've we've I've definitely that'd be great. I'd love to hear those too. Great. Um, I want to get back to politics really quickly, but sure. in a different way. Please. Uh, here's a question. I want you to tell me some ways to get out of political conversations. Oh, wow. Because there are certain people who, when they bring them up, especially older people, mm -hmm. like let's say that you're hanging out with a friend's parent mm. and that those, I don't know what it is about anyone over the age of 50, but they just assume that everyone around them shares the exact same views that they do mm. so you'll be at dinner specifically men yeah in sure my experience but i mean i've had i've had plenty of i don't know i don't know that it's a gender too. yeah i don't know that it's a gender specific thing i've had i've had parents moms dads doesn't matter you're visiting somewhere having dinner everything's nice up to that point and then all of a sudden they just start saying stuff like well you know if only our president wasn't so, uh, or you know, not, if only the Democrats would get on board. And it's like, why'd you have to do that? I did a hundred percent, a hundred. I've, I've like, honestly, it's ruined friendships of mine before because their parents, like, their parents took me to dinner and started like saying shit that I thought was insane, insane. And then I realized that the, their kid thought that too, and now I no longer like them, dude absolutely it's really stupid and, and unnecessary what what can you do what do you do when you are thrust into a political conversation where let's say it's parents so you can't just be like fuck you you're wrong uh how do you how do you kind of get out of that do you play along so you don't ruffle any feathers but the, that was is that somehow you know, not standing up for yourself and, mm -hmm. and not being true to your own beliefs? Or do you make a counterpoint and try to educate from the other side? Mm -hmm. Or do you just get up and leave? Like, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> well, I think that I think that there's a way to respectfully disagree. And I think that the type of people who, not all the time, but the type of people who do that are up for a discussion. Even though it comes off as a debate, I think that they're, they're up for it sometimes. And I, but I also, that, that, I don't enjoy that. No. I find it stressful. I just like don't, I'd rather not go there. And I don't, I'm not trying to convince anyone. So I think that there's a, there's like a utopia where you can kind of express your opinion respectfully. And then I like to try to find some kind of middle ground, something that we can both agree on mm -hmm. and then we can move on. Dude, I totally agree. I mean, the, the type of person who says, you know what would go really well with this risotto? How about an argument? <laughs> You know what would help chase down this lovely braised beef that we've been <laughs> cooking for 13 hours? Anger and frustration. <laughs> That'll help you choke it down. Dude. Who, who thinks that that's... I know, you're right. Totally. And it's... I don't know if it's that they just... I think there's a level of arrogance in assuming that everyone around you shares your same worldviews. Right. Right. And it's from both sides, by the way. My own parents do it. Totally. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you when it pisses me off, though, is when a person will be kind of like condescending or preachy to me. Yeah. And they don't have accurate information or yeah. they have less information or understanding than I do. I find that to be a difficult situation. It drives me crazy. I don't like it. 
someone that I had an argument recently with an, with one of my oldest friends, um, my, one of my best friends from first grade on, and he's one of the only people that I've kept in touch with from that far back in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a great guy, but he's very, very political and very strongly opinionated. Um, and he was sort of putting forth some statistically backed evidence about crime in black neighborhoods and how it corresponds to like police violence. And, you know, I was a little uncomfortable right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he followed, we, we, we left each other. This was back in Maine a few months ago. And we, he left after just basically lecturing to me for a couple hours. (laughs) And then he sent me some emails. You know, with follow up documentation, you get the link follow ups here. Watch this 28 minute discussion. It's like, no, I'm not going to fucking watch. Oh, God. You know, I got enough of it from you, pal. (laughs) Um, And, you know, he's sending me all this stuff. And then he finally sent this thing that seemed like a very blanket, broad statement that was, you know, supposed to show some kind of numbers and stats about crime and whatnot. And I, I asked him, I, I had a question about it, and I asked him about it, and he goes, well, anyone with a brain knows that's true. Oh, God. And I was like, wait, did you just assume that? And he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's pretty easy to, to, to know that, you know, to connect the dots or whatever. And I was like, well, you just presented that as a fact, and you can't do that, because then that's just irresponsible. And he goes, you are so out of your element right now, rolling eye emoji. Oh, my God. And, dude, I flipped out. That's really Because we were texting each other. I flipped out and I was like, dude, this is the wrong time and moment to be presenting things as fact that are, you are just going off of a hunch. Like, I don't want to talk to you anymore about this. Like, fuck you for doing that. Bye. And I blocked his phone number. Wow. And it came from, it came from him being that condescending too. I hate when people are fucking condescending. Um, But he, I didn't talk to him for a few months. And then a couple days ago, I found out that his dad had just passed away out of nowhere. And I had this horrible moment of like, well, am I going to mend fences with him now uh, and, and revive this conversation with one of my very old friends whom I have not spoken to for months out of... Am I going to, is it going to come across as disingenuous that I'm offering my condolences Mm -hmm. given that we've had this icy relationship now for a few months and you feel, I I decided that, you know, the death of a, of a parent is, is too big of a deal. You've got to set those differences aside and mend fences, even if he feels like it's opportunistic or not real earnest, you know, whatever. So good. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, listen, I think that as unbelievably frustrating as a moment like that can be, I think once a little time passes, I think, you know, he obviously realizes that he was probably aggressive. I don't know. In the very least, maybe he doesn't. This is who he is, man. He just lives his life this way. Right, 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 right. Um, But, you know, that might be that might be true. But I feel like the kind of like solution and. Uh, you know, mending that is usually much easier than it seems. 
in the midst of the argument or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've been there too with people where I'm like, fuck this person, I hate them. And then all of a sudden we're friends again and we figured it out. Um, but I do feel like your sentiment is maybe accurate. Like it is too big of a deal. At the very least, I can separate that from what's going on with us to offer my condolences because it's such a shitty moment for him. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that maybe I'm not still annoyed. I think that's I think that's very fair. What, yeah. did it, what ended up happening? I wrote him a long email uh, with memories of his dad from you know my life. I've known his dad as long as I've known him, so right. 25 years. Mm-hmm. And his dad died suddenly. Right. Unexpectedly. Unexpected. And uh, it was a shock. And so I wrote him a long email, uh, I, and I very quickly sort of paid lip service to our recent tiff mm-hmm. said you know I, I i certainly wish we could we can move past our recent differences but with all of that aside i want to just honor your dad and, and 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 wrote some stories i remembered that were made me laugh about him and said you know i'm here for you and all of that um and i hardly expect to hear back from him mm-hmm. but i would hate the idea that he would read that email and just think well fuck you you're only doing this you know like but why but you're only doing this finish that sentence i don't know if there's any way to fill in that blank you're only doing this because my dad died you don't actually care you don't want to be friends you blocked my phone number for a couple of months you know you're not really here for me well, you know, okay, that's fair to think that, but I think that you are proving that you in fact are because despite you blocking his phone number for months, you took the time to put together some memories and and you clearly care. Okay, okay, but if we had not fought, I would have called him instead of sending an email. Right. And I sent the email as kind of like a are we okay? Right. I just want you to know I'm here for you. I didn't want to have the first correspondence between us in a number of months after this terrible fight be me calling up to say, I'm so sorry that your dad has died. Right, right. Oh, I feel you. I mean, I, dude, you easily could have not said anything, which I think would have been fucked up. I agree. I think you do the right thing. And do you think an email is enough? It was a I long, mean, thoughtful how, email. How tight are you guys? How many times a year are you hanging out? How often do you talk to him when you're not fighting? When you're not in a fight? I don't know. Do you talk Prob- to him every day? No. No. So, like, you likely wouldn't be going to that funeral anyway. I would be going to the funeral, probably. I, sh- I, I think I should be going to the funeral. Okay. Okay. I'm one of, this is one of my oldest lifelong friends. Right. Um, here's an example. My mom asked me for his home address to send him a handwritten note and flowers. Okay, right, right. Which, by the way, mom, thanks a lot for making me look worse. (laughs) That's much more thoughtful than me sending an email. By contrast, now our family has laid out this red carpet of of condolences. I'm going to look like an asshole. Well, you can be part of that. I'm sure that it's from the family and not just from your mom. There should be united front, though. 100%. If if you are presenting uh, your, your sorrow. Yeah, you're good on that front. Um, but dude, listen, I've, I've always found you to be somebody who's very good at handling confrontation. You don't shy away from it if you need to, and you're good at, at cleaning it up in the aftermath. 
And I think that this is an example. I think you know, you're doing an okay job. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. But I here's the other th thought I have about that. I don't have any pride about apologizing. I have never thought that apologizing is equal to admitting your fault. Defeat. Yeah, or yeah. defeat. Right. right. That's good. It's great. Who are, well, do, do you, will you not say you're sorry out of pride? It depends. I feel like some, sometimes I have trouble if I am really, truly certain that I am not at fault. I have trouble saying, you know what, I'm going to apologize anyway. I have trouble doing that sometimes. Um, you know, if the other party makes some kind of a concession and it was clear that they feel that they weren't necessarily wrong either, but they want to try to make men's, I may be more receptive to it. But sometimes I have trouble being the first one to be like, Hey, I'm sorry if I think I did absolutely nothing wrong. And I try to be as honest with that and objective with it as I can. But sometimes I come to the conclusion that it's, I'm willing to kind of just like let it, let that person go. Wow. But not if there's somebody who's close to me. Like I've had acquaintances where I've kind of like seen their true colors, quote unquote, um, and been like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, when you really understand someone and you just say, oh, that I didn't, I mistook you. Right. I had a mistaken understanding of the type of person right. you were. But once you cross a line where you're like a friend who I've had for years and like you've just part of my life now, like to me, that person's always my friend. Even if I don't like them. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think that it's worthy to try to come to some kind of um, resolution, but I don't find myself in those situations that often. Mm -hmm. And maybe that means that I'm not being true to myself or something. Like, I don't really know. But I, I tend to steer clear from a situation like this. Mm -hmm. Or I try to resolve it right away or something. I don't know. This is very specific. Like, I've never gotten into something like that before. Yeah. But I mean, dude, it sounds well, let's like you're put on the it, path. Let's put it this way. I... <laughs> if his dad had not passed away, we still wouldn't be talking. Right. But that's okay, dude. That's how life works. Sometimes like unprecedented events lead to people making up or realizing things or There was actually a moment in the vow where which by the way, I've kind of stopped watching. I haven't watched the newest episode, but it, I'm up it to dragged that. on too long. I'm sorry for those of you who are still captivated, but I I, I agree. Know, I'll watch the finale. I know the last episode aired on Sunday or whatever. Oh, really? That was the last one? Yeah, seven of seven. Oh, okay. I, I just think it got into the legal stuff and it, it started to become kind of boring. And also like new people's full stories being introduced late in the game. Yeah. A little confusing. Yeah, but, but there yeah. there was a moment where that woman whose daughter uh, had become fully entrenched. Yeah. Her daughter has got some weird name. I think it's... Iris? State. No, it's like... Ireland or something. Oh, right, it's, a, right. it's a weird. It's like a state or a country. Right, right, right. Anyway, her and her mother is the daughter of royalty. Was she married into it? I don't know. The lady from Dynasty, whatever. But so she reconnected with her own mother, who is you know a princess, and they were driving around together. Wait, that happened already. This has already happened. This is the it's like in episode the finale? five or something. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And they said that they had spent twenty years not talking. And then in the car, they're saying, "I don't know why it was over something so silly. I don't know why we went. That's a lot of lost time." That had already happened. Yeah. Oh. They went. They did. They didn't speak for twenty years. Jesus. And now they're on good terms again. Wait, but 
before she then got this is not this is not it's it's the mother of the girl who's in the cult oh gotcha 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 gotcha. okay yes and those two had not spoken for 20 years yeah and to be that obstinate to let it drag on that long is sad i agree but what happens is life gets in the way and you don't feel any sense of urgency to mend that fence right but the problem is that at any moment one of you could die and if you died or the person other person died before you'd feel so bad i know i know i think about that and i also think about how many people say hug your parents tell them you love them i always think about that that like haunts me i'm like dude Fuck. i think about this I a try lot to do it i think about I maintaining at this point given the i don't want to say frailty but like uh as we've said, the mortality of my parents has become more apparent totally. later in life. And I, there's this lurking awareness of any conversation we have at this point, sadly, could be our last. Right. And so I desperately do not want to be our last conversation to be a bad one. Yeah. Dude, I totally feel the same way. And uh, as fucked up and as dark as that sounds... It has improved my relationship with my parents. Mm-hmm. I think I'm willing to give them. I, I'm sucking up more of my frustrations. I'm growing into more of a tolerant person, and and I I genuinely look forward to speaking to my parents. Good man. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. Huh. All right. Well, good. good stuff. Yeah, heavy episode, but we appreciate you bearing with us through it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We'll be a little more lighthearted on uh, on Thursday for sure. As always, guys, thank you for listening to Oops the Podcast. Send us your thoughts, emails to oopsthepodcast@gmail.com. Follow our YouTube page, our Instagram page. Follow me at Francis C.C. Ellis. I will be in Kansas City at the Comedy Club of Kansas City this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. Get your tickets at FrancisEllis.com. Julio, anything? Yeah, and keep your eyes open for that merch drop. It's coming soon. Uh, sometime this month there Hell will yeah. be a bunch of cool shit you guys can buy follow him at not julio with a j uh yes. thanks so much guys and we will see you soon